When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. They delivered on the foot stuff. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Jose clobbers this ball. Deep left field. Rosario didn't move. Way out of here. So the show started, Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. Rami is on a top-secret mission at Target Field. I do believe he's going to make it back through rush hour traffic in time for me that to play judge that... and jury with your debate on the twin show. Today. Yeah. It's a tough trip, though. He's close. I think he's a couple there. miles away. He'll make it. By the way, on, on my drive here today, it was pouring rain. Like monsoon, right? Monsoon conditions. Yeah, it was bad. I'm coming down uh, right by the station here, and there's some work, construction work down the road. And I'm not kidding you, like a sandwich board broke loose and flew right in front of my car. I don't know. One of those construction sandwich boards. Yeah. It literally crossed the street in front of my car. That's a bizarre thing to see. Okay, if you're, did it come from the driver's side? On university, I'm on, uh, yes, it did. If your window would have been open, would it have killed you? No, because it was literally crossed in front of my car. So it was but not I'm saying if you would have if, if it oh, had been a second I, later. You know, I don't know because I couldn't tell if it was I couldn't tell if it was like wooden and and the wind was that big or if it was some type of like plastic or that's a good question. I don't know. It definitely could have done some damage to the car. But I don't think I've ever seen in my life driving before in a in a rainstorm slash storm like that. A sandwich board or something come flying that aggressively, like toppling towards my car. This is, I, I feel like we say this every year because we always complain about there's two seasons, right? There's winter and construction here, and it's true. Yeah, yes. But when it comes to main vein road construction, so the 35W and there's other main veins, and downtown Minneapolis, not only road construction downtown Minneapolis, but Condos going up and and taking and this out. This is what like, I was driving by. Roads. I think a condo is this going as up. bad as it's ever been. Yes, or am to I me. just like? No. Is it recency it bias? Like it. No, I think no, I think it's as bad because I, I don't recall a time in my life where where around where we are here in downtown, there's ever been this many condos going up. Yeah, where are they finding all these people? I don't know that all the places are full. Mm-hmm. Are they? I'm not sure. They're Can't all. Imagine they're all. They're full. all full. It's. I, I feel like. But, it, but I think. I think the problem is. If I'm not mistaken here, retail is basically dying downtown. So it's either like um, it's either restaurants 
grocery stores and things like that, or condos. And and I think the at last check, there's like 50,000 residents now downtown Minneapolis, which has to be double what it was, I don't know, like 10 years ago. I'd love to join times, them. But just like clear some space for us. We're just trying to drive around. But I don't want to get hit by a sandwich board. <laughs> That's I don't want to die. Can you imagine that? That obituary? <laughs> what would it go, huh? What would it say? Yeah, Judd had his window down, blaring... Uh, I'm trying to think of what you would be blaring. Oh, I'd be not bl- Yacht Rock. You wouldn't be blaring Yacht Rock life. And NHL Network previews. Yeah. <laughs> the Metropolitan <laughs> Division. They were on the Rangers, it looks like, when Mr. Zolgad perished. But that's, well, that's the wrong thing. That's the wrong Judd yeah. it. Okay, here's Judd in his car. And oh, my that, God, look out! The Metropolitan! <laughs> Sir, are you upset about the Rangers, or are you just dead? <laughs> oh, man. If I, you know what? Hockey Net in Canada, this would be this would be the way to go. Great way to go. This would be a good That's way to go. That's the song you want to go out to? Oh, yeah. If this was playing, I'd go happy. <laughs> One of the great theme songs. Uh, email from Bill here on our topic from the start of the show, because I, I just, I don't know. I felt like I need to cut open a vein here. Kyle Gibson, I've just, he's the most frustrating player that I can remember watching in my time watching the Twins, because it's mostly a me problem. It's what I expect from a former first-round draft pick who throws in the 90s and... Uh, is six foot something tall and has all the stuff in the world. And then like what we're actually getting, it just frustrates me. But Bill emails, I've been watching the twins about as long as Judd has. Scott Baker was pretty frustrating, but I don't remember anyone as perplexing as Kyle Gibson. And what the hell is he wearing in the dugout when he gets bounced in the fifth? The white hoodie looks like a bathrobe. Not a great look in my opinion. What? Oh, I didn't see this. Did you guys see this? You're, you know you're frustrated when you're mad about his hooded sweatshirt in the doing. You just can't stand. I like the so bathrobe look though. But Scott Baker, I wouldn't say that Scott Baker, like Scott Baker, was frustrating and that he gave up a ton of home runs. But I never had. He he was a second round pick. He wasn't a first round pick. Not much of a. I distinction thought he was there. pretty good on those teams. Actually, didn't you? He was fine. Yeah, he was. I think Scott Baker at his best has been better than Kyle Gibson at his best. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, somebody else tweeted in here. And I don't remember this player being frustrating. I remember this player being underrated, and they traded him. But Bill, uh, another Bill here, tweets into the show, at Jay Zilgad, at Phil Mackey, at Rami is tweeting, how can you not mention the great Bobby Keelty when talking about frustrating See, players to watch? I told you, I don't Was agree. He frustrating to watch? I don't agree there because they flipped him for Shannon Stewart. He, he was an analytics darling, and the Blue Jays wanted Bobby Keelty desperately. I don't, I don't recall him being here for a long enough period to be frustrating. And, of course, the Shannon Stewart trade was genius. So, yeah, just, if like, anything, they just won that trade. I remember, so if, if you go back and look, this is going to sound really nerdy, but that was right, the Bobby Kilty trade was right in the middle of the Moneyball explosion. Correct. The Oakland A's, and no one really knew exactly what teams were doing, but at the time, it was the Oakland A's, hunting for on-base percentage guys, hidden gems. And first baseman, anyone could play first base. And I believe the Blue Jays were the second team to jump on board yeah, with that strategy. Yep. And, and so the, they the, were. the Blue Jays actually thought they were fleecing the Twins because Bobby Kilty's underrated asset was he was a huge on-base percentage they guy. They poached an A's executive, right? Yes. Didn't they poach someone from Billy Bean's staff? Oh, like an assistant GM type? Name? He was in the movie. Actually, I got a question for you. Was he the guy that. that Jonah Carey played in the movie? Not Jonah Carey. Jonah Hill. Yeah, Jonah, yeah, Jonah Carey. <laughs> Jonah Carey didn't play that role. No, Jonah Carey got arrested a few weeks ago. Yeah, that wasn't good. He was, uh, he was by the way, he was booked to be on the twin show. To appear, he was supposed to appear with us that day. <laughs> Man. I, I remember coming out of Condos of Trouble taping, just like, oh, we got Jonah Carey on today, and I just saw the news, and I'm like, 
J.P. Nope. Riccardi. Okay, J.P. Riccardi. J.P. Riccardi, right. yes. Yeah. Jonathan's like, no, you don't. I was like, why not? He's got one phone call. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling from prison. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Um, I got a question for you off of that point. And answer me this. Because in retrospect, the Moneyball thing, this is the one thing that I think was a fatal flaw. First baseman, okay? Mm-hmm. If I recall correctly, and I might be wrong here, but I don't think I, I am, the feeling was we can get someone to play first base, and, and the position has always been sort of miscast. All right. But I have seen, and this this still occurs, I have seen a lot of guys play first base, and it seems to be the theory uh, is if you're an athlete and a baseball player, I can play you there, and it's going to be okay. But I see Danny Santana play there for Texas, and it's a disaster. Adrianza plays there. I wouldn't call it a disaster, but I don't think it's good, and I'm not confident. Has that theory changed? Because I've always been I've always been frustrated with the thought process of so and so can just play there when it takes footwork, it takes ability to scoop the baseball. I don't think it's simple. Um, I think it's, a, and I don't know. Well, here's my thought on it. I think it's the easiest position to learn from scratch if you have to learn a position, and or and or. Put differently, I think it's the easiest position to just like physically be able to put someone at because you you can move Adrianza from a middle infield spot to first base, and okay, he might not really know all the different mechanics, and it might be weird for him to be scooping one hop throws. But I think with enough practice, moving from shortstop or second base to first base, pretty easy. You could never move CJ Crone to shortstop. Absolutely no. He's not fast enough. Nope. He's not. He's Agreed. not limber enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I, I I think if you've never had to scoop a fast throw from Miguel Sano from third base before, or if you know, there's little nuances, if there's a pop up behind the bag, you know, getting in position and making sure that you're tracking it all the way and feeling for the fence, like those are all things that you probably have to just practice for a year. But if you're asking me, should Adrianza struggle long term to play first base? Knowing that he's a middle infielder, no, he really shouldn't. It okay. shouldn't be that hard. If you can feel a hot shot grounder backhanded and make a throw, sure, you know you should be able to I just scoop don't someone think to it's throw from a third simple base. Simple to play there. No, the, the, the Joe Mauer thing. It took Joe Mauer a little while too. Remember when Joe Mauer went to first base and Full it was kind of yes. clunky at first. His, fir- his first year, we, we all assumed that he would immediately become a Gold Glove candidate. Mm-hmm. And his first year, he was not even close. And by what the second or third year, he had turned himself into a really good first baseman. But there's a reason why. If you look at the smartest teams in baseball. Go look through their drafts, and the you know, and the Twins have tried to do this too. There's a reason why you draft shorts that you draft from the inside, and then you sure. move them out. You draft shortstops, yeah. you draft catchers, you draft center fielders. Because I can always move a center fielder to right field. It might be a little clunky at first because you got to learn a wall over here and a foul line over there. The angles are different too, right? Um, but like, I can't move a third baseman to shortstop very often. That's that because usually those guys are bigger. Right? I can't move a way. I can't move a first baseman to second base. Yeah, I I just think it's. It's a little bit haughty to think that, that you can easily move a guy to first base and, oh, it's going to be simple, because I don't think it's simple. And watching Danny Santana play, try and play first base for Texas yeah. was a tutorial on how it, it's not simple. Yeah. Although it was great on Sunday when he bobbled that ball badly and he <laughs> picked it up and waited for He's like, Lance Lynn's coming to cover for... No, he's not. Yeah. Well, the thing the Twins are going to have to weigh here on their end of it, too, is they're very clearly... With Miguel Sano playing third base a lot, they're very clearly, and Buxton's out, but like when he comes back, Kepler moves over. 
they're all in on stack the lineup, and they're just kind of dealing with. I got into an argument with somebody on Twitter the other day, like, you know, this notion that you know, I don't know. This somebody tweeted this notion that Miguel Sano is a bad defensive player is hogwash, and you know, look at the that was a tough play that he. Oh yeah, Miguel Sano. He's a bad defensive player. People, if if you're just going off errors, and I haven't looked at see where he ranks, you're missing the picture. If there's a ground ball to his left that he bends over because he's a Mack truck, yep. he bends over and it goes under his glove, yep. it's not an error. It's not an error. Correct. But Nolan Arenado scoops that in like getting in front of it because he's got better range. So every single time the Twins roll out Miguel Sano at third base and C.J. Crone at first base, and they're banking on Bombas over errors and potential lack of range. And I think at some point, if their pitching continues to run this way, they're going to have to put a better third baseman out there on a regular basis, and just they might have to take a bat out of the lineup I've to save their idea, pitchers. Right? Game one playoffs. If Buxton's back, Kepler and Marwin Gonzalez at third, Sano on the bench, and come and in come and off swing the from your heels, swing for three hours in the cage. Now, and if I could in? count on him at first base, I might do that, but I don't think I can. Crone Crone has deficiencies, but he can scoop. Miguel can't scoop. But he is not, there is no, if you watch him play third, you're right. He is, if he gets the ball, he can throw, if he gets the ball, he's got a great arm. Yeah. But there's a lot of balls he doesn't get. To. Yeah, he is. I pulled this up a couple of days ago, too, just for, because there are now some statistics and numbers that will show how good or bad is a guy defensively. And they're not, you know, it's not as quantifiable as, did you hit a home run? Yes, you are a good hitter, right? It's, there's range numbers and stuff, but. Of the third baseman who've been out there for at least 500 innings this season, there's 29 of them. He ranks in the bottom five in zone rating, mm-hmm. in defensive runs saved, and he's last place in out of zone plays made. So if, if there's no range, and that's someone's correct. like, you know, there's someone, I don't know how that's determined, but basically, is this play a little out of your range or out of out of a zone that makes sense for a third baseman? And he is last in terms of that. So interesting. Um, I think Rami is about to beat traffic, so we can settle this Twins debate about whether this was a bad loss or not yesterday from the Twin Show. I will decide between you, you can and decide. Rami. Yeah. All right, he's back from his top secret mission Hello. at Target Field. We know exactly what you did. We figured it out. Do you, though? Yes. Yes, you, we do. You worked with Rocco on challenges and then went to left field with Rosario and worked on throwing the ball to the cutoff man or the catcher, but preferably not towards the visiting dugout. I was practicing my softball swing for my next shot at TC the Bear. That's what I was doing. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I was trying to get. Who to says the, there's another chance? I was trying to get to the bottom of this because that thing was rigged. That's what I was doing. <laughs> oh, was just... you're the second employee of this station. <laughs> of the, of the show. Of the of show. show. <laughs> you know, sometimes you lose fair and square. Yeah, it was an investigative journalism <laughs> trip, is what it was, Judd. I was undercover trying to find out what's going on with the TC the Bears softball. Why can't anyone home on this derby? show just lose fair and square? I'm telling you, there were shenanigans. Just wait for my full report. Just All wait right. for my full All right, report, Mr. Manfred. I'm just saying. Really looking forward to that. I have a report. Yeah. Uh, got breaking news for you. We had to wait because you were fighting through traffic to get back from Target Field here. And uh, just wanted to tell you face-to-face that yeah. you were you were wrong on the Twin Show today. About what? That was a bad loss for the Twins That was not a night. bad loss last night. That was just a loss. 
it, 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 was, it was just a loss. There it, are going to be an losses. Unnecessary, <laughs> an unnecessary bad loss to start a long homestand. A long homestand, by what the was way. What bad about it? You get two losses on this homestand as far as I'm concerned. What made it a bad loss? You and end, that's ridiculous. I've you never been as proud of Phil division. Mackey as I am right now. <laughs> yeah. You end the division on this homestand. End it. Don't even get to the Cleveland series. End the division on this homestand. What is it, 13 games? It's it's uh, well, it's 13 three, games. 3-3 three, three, and, and 4, right? So it's 13 games before you get to Cleveland, before you play right. Cleveland. You play 13 games six against at home. the White Sox? Oh, sorry. It's, now I, 6 at home, but 13 it, total. I meant... I meant 13 games against crappy teams, Correct. starting with a homestand. It's a 13, yes. 13 yes. games, yes. And you get over and these 13 and games. you expect 11-2. and two. Anything go, short of 11-2 and two Smalley that. is a failure. Yeah, you go. And by the way, Smalley said they can still go 11-2. <laughs> well, Even they can, the but one. that's ridiculous. If you go 11-2 or 10-3, and three, which you can, these are, these are the White Sox are still going to lose close to 90 games this season. Mm-hmm. I know they've been feistier in the second half. I know they beat the Astros in a series, but... You're a better team than the White Sox, yeah. and you're a better pitcher, Kyle Gibson, albeit not a great pitcher, than to throw that pitch to Jose Abreu with John Jay on deck. He made a mistake. Beat the and, White and, Sox, and their and their best hitter made him pay for it. He made. Did you hear his? Did you see his his quotes after the game? He oh, said, he, "Gibson or Abreu." Gibson. He said after the first at bat, they were convinced he was looking low and away, so he was trying to go high and tight. And missed his spot. It got over the plate, and Abreu crushed it. Oh, did Gibson forget to just flash four fingers and send him to first base? I okay. must have, I must have missed yeah, that. We're not, we're not looking Actually, for excuses. Did, did he flash the four fingers and the ump missed I blame the ump that's for missing Rocco's the decision. The four fingers. That's Rocco's decision. I, I, I said... I flashed the four fingers, even subliminally, by just throwing a pitch five feet outside. I don't, you can't miss with this guy. You've got John Guys Jay on miss. deck. Look, my point is this. I could... You know what... It would have been better to have me pitch because I could have rolled the ball to the plate so Abreu could have just watched it roll by him. It's inexcusable. You can't make excuses for this one. I'm not making excuses. That's exactly what I'm not doing. What I'm saying is that was that was a, that was one of the games that you were going to lose against these bad teams. You're not going to win every game. Even I 11, that. even eleven and two is crazy. If if victory or excuse me, if def, if yeah, if victory was not snatched out of the jaws of defeat. I would have said, nah, it, that's a bad it, loss. Or the other way around, if defeat was snatched. But it was. Yeah, you start, by the way, you started 2-0 two no, two in that game, too. And Gibson did that. But it was 2-0 early. But it you, wasn't one of these games you took the that win you had a late and lead. Flushed it. It's not like some rando from the White Sox beat you. It was Jose Abreu who beats a lot of people. He's, John, he's really if, good at hitting baseball. If John Jay beats you, then you're ticked off. Jonathan, can you post a poll to, to at Scorn or Twitter real quick? Mm-hmm. Just quite simply... Was that a bad loss for the Twins last night? All right. Yes, no. Just guess a no. Brett Favre. <laughs> Ten years ago Sunday. I still choke up when I read about it in Star Tribune. <laughs> Not to mention, okay, Ivan Nova, come on. What? Can you score more than a couple runs off Ivan Nova last night? And I'm saying this all through the prism of they're going to win the division, and I still think the sweep the sweep over the Rangers was was... A nice little boost to not have to sweat the Cleveland games as much. But just come back home and win a game you're supposed to win. And don't throw that pitch to Jose Abreu, Kyle Gibson. You've been a professional pitcher for 10 years. That's kind of where I'm at. So I, th- I th- it was a bad loss. So every lo- loss. every loss is a bad loss from not here on out. necessarily. No. So what's not a bad loss? Martin Perez starts a game. Uh-huh. It's a bad loss because you started him. But You like, expect a lot more out of, out of Kyle Gibson than Martin Perez? I expect. Oh, yes. Yes. I don't. 
I don't. <laughs> so they're just both crappy in your. I, mean, I was going to say that's an indictment of they're everybody. Both, they're both okay. They're both got. They're both just guys. I thought Perez was going to be a number two starter in the postseason. Yeah, that's. I'm going to take that. That's, one Pine- back. that's Pineda now. I'm going to pull that one right back in. I'm going to reel that take in. Do you know what last night was, Phil? <laughs> I'm literally doing the reeling. Do you know what last night was, Phil? Motion right I figured now. it out. Another in the continuing evolution of Rami Maklov as a Minnesota sports fan. A year from now, he's going to be he's going to come be punching in walls and say like and that? say that's a bad loss. I don't think so. I don't think so. The bad losses are the ones where you have late leads and it's a game that you should have won and you blow it, or some rando who has no business beating you goes ahead and beats you. That's not what happened yesterday. No, but your your starting pitcher threw a, a terrible pitch to a guy where the guy on deck with no home runs and nine ribbies who was batting cleanup. God looked down Rocco on you Baldelli. yesterday and said, I, Twins, I am gambling on you because, and I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you a gift, and that is John Jay batting cleanup for the White Sox. And the Twins were like, uh, yeah, but Brayu, we're still going to pitch to Rocco, Al- Rocco Baldelli should have walked him. But that's Ron Rocco Baldelli. That's not Kyle Gibson's well, it's call. Still, then it's still a bad loss, though. It's the Twins. All right, I'll give you this, too. I'll give you this. The White Sox have been Don't back, down, Phil. back of mind for back me. Down, right? Phil. I'm not letting them off the hook. Ivan Nova is the definition in his career of just an average pitcher. But the last five starts going into this one, have you guys seen this? That he'd pitch well. His last five starts going into that game last night. Still a bad loss, mind you. Uh, the White Sox won all five of those games, and he went nine, six, five, eight, and nine innings and gave up a total of two earned runs in all five of those starts. So he is he is one of the hottest pitchers in the league, although a couple of those games were against Miami and Detroit. So like yeah, Judd you, could go eight innings against Detroit. Thank you. And you are and you are a team that that has an offense that has been historically good. I expect more against Ivan Nova. Early poll results here. Was that a bad loss by the Twins last night? 46% say yes. 36% say no. And 18% say Brett Favre. <laughs> you know as soon as you put Brett Favre in there, he's going to win. Well, he's not. He's losing. Not <laughs> no, I know, but he's going to win. Ultimately, in 24 hours when this poll is done, it's going to be 64% Brett Favre. Uh, he he is uh he's he's coming on strong eighteen percent Brett Favre. You can vote at Score North on Twitter. Go ahead and give us a follow if uh, if you don't already. And also Rami's top secret mission. You'll be able to see that on Twitter here at some point. I think in the next couple of days, probably the next twenty four hours. Okay, today or tomorrow. I'm not All sure right. exactly what Seth's plan is there, but um, we I can't won- believe you guys ambushed me. You were like, just wait, wait till this guy gets back. We made you drive like an hour and a half through traffic. <laughs> Just for that. Like I told Mackie that you, you were not nearly offended enough by th- this loss, but I do firmly believe you know, that you're growing as a sports fan here, and a year from now you're going to agree that this was a really bad loss. I drove right past the exit from my apartment for this, just to get ambushed, just to walk in here and get ambushed. Not just us. You got Patrick coming up at That's 540. True. That's yeah. true. And the 47% now of people that also think it was a bad loss for the Twins last night. See, But you can't trust Twitter. <laughs> I mean, except for my. Oh, wait, what you can't? Okay, are you going to be upset if they lose two of three? Yeah, yeah. No, you have no business losing two of three against the White Sox. All right, that's fair. No business losing two of three against the White Sox. But what this is going to come back to for me is we sat here with forty-four games left in the season and this division in a deadlock tie, and I and I said if they win two out of every three games from here on out, that's going to put you at about a hundred wins, and if you do that. 
you should be in, in the postseason, and if you're not, then you just tip your cap, throw your hands up in the air, and say, let's go get them and, next And wave season. the bleep bleepers like you just don't care. But if they win if they win 30 of the last four games, then they did their job. Ultimately, big picture, the Twins did their job. If they if they close out strong like that. And if the Indians do better, then the Indians just do better. But I don't think they will. So even if they lose two of three, in the moment, looks bad. But if they make up for it and sweep somebody in the next week or two, then you got that one win yeah. back. And I think, like, I don't know. I think it's okay to say, yeah, I don't feel good about that loss last night. That's that's not a loss that I am comfortable with the, the Twins racking up. If they lose to Lucas Giolito, they play, Lucas Giolito tomorrow. faces them twice in the next two weeks. Yep, tomorrow. Tomorrow and then again in Chicago here in a week or whatever. Hmm. If they lose to Lucas Giolito, I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm not... I, I want to see it, how they but, lose. Hmm? Let's see how they lose the game. But he's a he's a really he good, a good pitcher, pitcher. But I still want, I still would would like like to see how they lose that game. And I also want to see. I'm very curious since it's clearly going to happen. What's Brios's next start look like? That's another one I'm very curious about. That's a big one. That becomes very important to me. Right now, the the starting pitching has me. Uh, I think the correct word might be flummoxed. I'm flummoxed by the starting pitching right now. Yeah, Barrios, uh, Roy Smalley laid it out brilliantly last hour. But so just to summarize, you know, Roy is talking about Barrios is throwing too many two seam fastballs for his liking and wants him just to jam four seam fastballs. Just throw the ball over the plate. You still have enough velocity. Just throw a four seam fastball right into a hitter's kitchen if you need to to make him uncomfortable and and work off of that pitch. And I'm not going to sit here and pick nits with. Roy Smalley, who's won a World Series and played an All-Star game. But but the nit that I would pick is, if you're just looking at, well, lately, Barrios has kind of been doing this, and if you could make this adjustment, I'm looking more macro and saying, he's always bad in August. Why is he always bad in August, and what leads me to believe that he's going to flip the switch? If this has been a pattern for his whole career... You know, what is, is it something you have to go back to the drawing board with his training regimen? Is it something that you have to go back and... And really take a look at his entire holistic approach to endurance and and being at your best in August. I don't know. The, I guess what I'm saying is I don't know if there's a fix for Jose Barrios in August if he's always been bad in August. Makes me a little nervous. He doesn't have a lot of a lot of experience. Well, what's his track record like in September? Do we know? Have you looked at uh, it's it? It's like if you ranked his six months. I don't have it in front of me, but it's like it's like his second worst month. I want to mm. say. August is like a six ERA, and then uh, September is a little bit better. But you're also facing September call-ups more often, and right. like teams that are just he completely given up in September. Wear down likely at this point, but that's still concerning, especially now. I wasn't that worried after the first one, and then the you, Braves one. Yeah, I agree with you. After the first bad start in August, and then you came in with those numbers about what he's done in August throughout his career, and I start to get a little bit worried. And then the third one, yeah. I got really worried. I got him right here. So his career, month by month. Um, my God. All right, three point <laughs> six nine in April March. Was it worse than you thought it was? It's pretty bad. Uh, four point oh three in May. Two point eight five in June. These are ERAs. Three point eight three in July. Six in August. Mm. 4.77 in September. So just just under 5. This is not it's not good reassuring. 
A lot more home runs per innings pitched. Not with the so. stakes right now, boys. That's the problem. The, the stakes now and, and what's behind him doesn't give you a ton of confidence. You guys, okay, just to back this up a step here, this is one of the most entertaining and best Twins teams we've seen. I mean, 1991 World Series champion, you can make a case for the 65 team. There's a couple teams that didn't go to the World Series. You can make a case for 06 and another team or two back in the 70s or the 60s. Um, I feel like it's easy to start. Like, there's a lot of things to praise. This team is going to break the all-time home run record. We're sitting at, they've got 241 home runs right now. They're 25 away from tying the all-time record, which was set last year by the Yankees. They're going to break the team home run record probably the first week of September at this rate. The team? Yes. It's broken, right? No, no, no. The all-time major league home oh, run record. Yeah, they've okay, broken yeah. the Twins yep, record. The team one is gone, yep. yeah. The, all the franchise time, one's the gone. The all-time major league home run record Correct. is 266. The Yankees, the Yankees from last year. And so they're going to break that in early September. Yep. So they're going to become, in early September, the greatest power-hitting team in the history of baseball. And yet, I feel like, instead of continuing to celebrate, you know, hey, I know they lost last night, but like, oh, the Bomba Connor's up to 241. We're sitting here looking at them saying, they should win the World Series, and we're looking at the gap between what we perceive them to be and what a World Series champion would be. And I, I almost feel like, and I'm guilty of it. I'm, you know, look at me the last hour and a half on this show. This is a season to be celebrated. Let's not forget that too. Like, yeah, Kyle Gibson was a buzzkill last night, and Miguel Sano can't play third base. But after the they're going to break the major league record after for home the, runs fact. In the season. Don't, don't enjoy after it out there. Not right now. Don't enjoy it while it's happening. No, because don't they, let yourself have that well, joy, wait. Phil. If if you just want them to win a division, then. Stop where you are right now, and it's fantastic. Well, I'd love them to break the Major League home run But if this is a World Series team, it it is. there is nothing more fun, and it's been years and years since we have actually sat here and meaningful, and people care about, breakdown games. Like to care. Like, ordinarily, saw Miguel Sano belly flopped into home plate last night. Who gives a damn? The team stinks, right? It's a stupid play, but who cares? But the ability to, to talk about starting pitching in the bullpen and and mistakes and I'm not saying certain plays let's not nitpick is great. No, I'm not saying let's not nitpick. I'm not saying let's not let's not debate the twins and decisions they make and whether or not that was a bad loss last night. But you can enjoy it along the way, and you should and you but should, it's both ways. And you should enjoy and appreciate a division championship, and then everything else that comes after that. You shouldn't be disappointed that if they only win a division championship, that's a really good season. They haven't done that. In almost a decade, too. You know so what? That, that is worth celebrating. Sorry. One team wins a World Series when, a year. Enjoy the, it. When the breaks got cut, my expectations went to the next level. All I meant Very, I very breaks, high. You did it to me. Robbie's fault. This is a World Series of best. When I cut the breaks, was that they're winning the division. That's all I said. Well, then you don't cut all That's the breaks. That's all I said. I then said you cut like no, one, one I cut small. the breaks and told you this bad boy might crash in October, but hang on for the ride. I don't know if you made that... A no. clear disclaimer. No, no, I did. No, no, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I, need I the, did. I need the Carfax yep. on the Bumba bus. Yep. This is this is destined oh, now to be pretty. baseball homicide. <laughs> that this is going to be a baseball homicide, and I'm trying the case. That Carfax is not pretty. I yep. am the Jack McCoy of the show. Not up to code. And... This thing is not up yep. to code at all. Yep. The brakes are cut. It's wrapped around a tree. There are propane you grills this on is? the roof. <laughs> this is... There's alcohol on board, I can tell you that. Baseball homicide. Is it claw? Man one depraved claw. indifference. This is depraved indifference. So you're not going up for murder, but this is definitely manslaughter in the first degree depraved baseball indifference. I'll take that. I've been trying case for a long time. 
I'll do the time. I'll take that. I'll, I'll do the time. <laughs> it's worth it. All right, so uh, welcome back to the show, Rami. Thank you. Appreciate it. Come in. Sorry you went by your exit. Ambush like that. You know, we're going to watch We're gonna watch the ups, the downs on, on our TCL TVs in here, 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TVs. We have a TCL TV out at the State Fair set up as well, where we're going to be hanging out from Thursday all the way until Labor Day, doing the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show, scoring a twin show, Purple Daily. State Fair goes on that long, huh? That's like Thursday the 20... Uh, oh, just wait. Second until Labor Day. Mm-hmm. That's like t- two plus weeks, isn't it? Just a little under two weeks, math major. Oof. I don't know when Labor Day is. I don't know. People just throw that holiday around like I just... I I know that off the top of my head. I don't know, dude. Is it November? <laughs> no idea. Could be. Uh, Jonathan's going to be happy because a surprise came for him in the mail. That oh! Yeah. Is it what I think it is? Yeah. Oh, buddy. Uh, All right. We'll just let that one sit for a couple days. Nice. But uh, TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand with their new lineup of award-winning TCL TVs. Not to mention, if you want the audio component as well, there's a new lineup of sound bars. The TCL Alto soundbar provides precision playback for any TV, as well as music from your smartphone, tablet, laptop. You partner a TCL TV with a TCL Alto soundbar, and you get yourself an entertainment system all of the senses are covered. I don't know, except smell, I guess. But that's can next work on for that. sure. Yeah, that that would be great for like Food Network. Oh, TCL, get on that, oh, man! Bam, the Emerald Legacy. <laughs> it's not a thing anymore. Up in your... Who's watching Emerald now? There's kids right now, and I, you Guy want Fietti. the demographic, man. You want the young demographic. They have no idea what you're talking Guy about. Fietti is the is the millennials Emerald Legacy. That guy eats way too much, man. I want that job, dude. That's my. I want to take over for Guy Fieri. That's what I'm leaving Score North for one day. But you have take to cut over your hair. For Guy I, I would. I would do the frosted tips, the whole thing. Wow. You couldn't keep the weight Shiny off. Shiny sunglasses, that's, whatever. That's, you couldn't stay skinny. That's not, I don't that's, care. That's next keep Photoshop the, job. Keep the hair long and frost the end of your long tips, like whatever, halfway down your back. I'll wear the bowling shirts with the flames on them. Whatever they want. Let's go to Flavor Town. <laughs> Roycey is coming up next to Flavor Town, USA. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Enthusiastic guests, semi-informed theory, passionate shots in the dark, questionable conclusion, reckless speculation, reckless speculation. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score North. ScoreNorth.com. 5.44 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. If you haven't answered our most recent poll on Twitter, at Score North on Twitter, was that a bad loss by the Twins last night? Currently, yes is leading the result of 56%. No, closely behind that at 24%. Of course, Brett Favre is shortly behind that at 20%. Brett Favre needs to be boosted up a little bit more. Also, while we're here, I want to remind you, Thursday night, Minnesota United travels to Kansas City to take on Sporting KC right here on Score North, the Score North mobile app and scorenorth.com. You can join Kindred St. Albans, Jamie Watson, and myself for the pregame at 8, and Callum Williams for the kickoff at 8.30 right here on Score North. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. All right. Let's let's wrap with Roycey here. And Pat, let's... We've, we've been mostly negative because the Twins, we felt like, uh, suffered an unnecessary loss with Kyle Gibson throwing a cookie to Jose Abreu. But real quick, before we dive into some of that, where does it rank in your life watching baseball the surprise factor of the Twins about to shatter the Major League Baseball record for team home runs in the season? They're 25 away from tying the Yankees that set the record last year. They're going to shatter the record, this Twins team. And I, think, I just think that's incredible when you zoom out for a second. 
probably number two in the history of the franchise behind that 87 team going 29 and 52 on the road and winning the World Series. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, that uh, it might have been number one because, uh, you know, going into even going into the playoffs that year, you thought Detroit, which won 98 and they won 85, you thought would beat them. And they just outplayed Detroit from the get-go, and uh, Detroit was lucky to win one game. Uh, but the, the team that we had so many crises uh, that year with because they, every time they'd go on a road trip, they'd be in another crisis. So I'd say bigger surprise, but not by much. This is, uh, as I said to Judd yesterday, uh, what were they, 76 and 48 going into uh, last night? And on, on our uh, podcast yesterday, I said, if you'd ask me on March 25th, are they going to be 76 and 48 or 48 and 76? Those are your only two choices. I would have said 48 and 76 if those were the only two choices. Wow. So, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm shocked by this. Yes, I am. And uh, to uh, have this much life left in Nelson Cruz and, uh, you know, some of the other things that have uh, happened here. I mean, Mitch Carver, okay, explain that one to me, will you? 20, what's he got now? 20 even, or has he got more than 20? I think it might be more than you know, 20. It's now. over 20. Half, yeah. Halftime player. You know, yep. 55% player with 20-some home runs. Yes, it's a... Uh, it's, I'd say, number two shock in the 59-year history, history of the franchise. None, nonetheless, Patrick, how does Jose Abreu get that pitch to hit with uh, two men on base when John Jay is batting cleanup last night? Ah, you whiners. You want Gibby to stop nibbling, and then he doesn't nibble. He throws a strike on the first pitch. <laughs> Jose Abreu, I don't want it. You'd rather have, you'd rather have him nibbling. Huh? You'd rather have him throw I'd rather have him intentionally, unintentionally walk him to get to John Jay. The, the Lord looked down on the Twins yesterday and said, John Jay's going to back clean up against you. I'm going to bet on you and give you through that pitch. Uh, well, the, uh, the Twins uh, didn't hit enough last, yesterday either. That was, I thought Gibby was better than he's been. Uh, that was not a, you know, they, but they, even when he's good, he gets ambushed at, and they got ambushed in that inning. So, uh, I, you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm sure he didn't say, I'm going to just throw this straight down the middle. I'm sure he was aiming for one of the corners or the other and, uh, didn't get it there and, uh, all right, see you in the second deck, buddy. That was a that was a majestic blast. That one right there. Only four hundred and forty-two feet, according to Stadcast, though, Patrick. <laughs> because it was that one. You think about that one. It was well out in the left center. It went down the line. That thing was. Uh, that's okay. What the hell? Uh, you know. That, that, you know. I thought it was a good night for the Twins because Cruz comes back from what we thought might be a career-ending energy uh, injury and. He's back swinging the bat just like he did before, and he looks actually like he might not have any wrist pain now that he ripped a tendon, which is the damnedest or ligament or whatever it is. But what is the damnedest thing I've ever uh, seen that you can? And Morneau told us that when it happened that his his felt better, his wrist felt better after he uh, tore that uh, tendon than it did. And I thought he was nuts, but uh, you know. The fact that Cruz is back swinging the bats got to make the Twins feel pretty good. Yeah, you know? uh, Pat, where does so so Mike Zimmer poured some cold water on the great Kyle Sloter preseason performances here <laughs> over the last three years? So, so I got the numbers. Kyle Sloter is in his in his ten game preseason career seventy five percent completions, 
a thousand yards and a nine touchdown to zero interception ratio. And this is what Mike Zimmer said when asked, "Hey, Kyle Sloter's doing pretty good." I don't know that you guys know all of the little details about everything. You just see how he goes and does the game. So uh, he's got to get a lot better in a lot of the other parts of being a quarterback, uh, making the right checks, getting the people in the right <laughs> formation, making sure the motions there, not not missing the time clock when it's eight yards in front of you. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that he has to get better at if he wants to be the backup quarterback. I think we got to send him in for hemorrhoid surgery, man. He has been feisty. I love him. <laughs> love him. He's got something going on. He's ripping everybody, isn't he? It's, uh, he's still uh, prickly about that performance against the Bears, I guess. But uh, He's uh, getting everybody. But, yeah, yeah it, you know, it is. It is funny because I guess when they've watched him in practice, they uh, when when, it, when the other defenses actually try and he hasn't looked for the damn according to the collar reports, right? Yeah, yeah. and not just collar. Plenty of people say that he he just doesn't look good in. Pra- he's a different guy in practice than what we've seen in some preseason games. Mm-hmm. And well, he yeah. didn't he didn't no. like that analysis. Called it a joke on Twitter. Who did? Floater did, yeah. Yesterday, yeah. Floater. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, that's good. Shoot off your mouth on Twitter and, and you will get cut. So, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, we all, uh, I think Phil was, you were even really old enough, Phil, to live through the Gino Toretta fondness, right? We were, we, we couldn't wait to turn the quarterbacking over to Gino because he had a couple of good exhibition games and uh, that didn't quite work out either. You know what Zim said, Pat? Zim said, you guys have had to listen to Rocco for the last four months. I'm going to give you something to work with. That's what he said. He said, you know what, my guys, my guys, they suck sometimes. Yeah, he's, uh, he has been, uh, he's been prickly this year. There's no doubt about it. That's, uh, that's, uh, something that's, that's, he's, he's in a bad mood. There's no doubt about it. Uh, this just came across from Marley Rivera, ESPN. You guys remember Octavio Dotel? I saw this today, Reliever? Yes. Yes, yeah. Part of uh, an Astros bullpen there for a while. Former MLB pitcher yeah. Octavio Dotel was arrested in the Dominican Republic as part of what the Office of the Attorney General called, quote, the largest operation against organized crime in the country. There are no details yet as to why Dotel himself was arrested. And uh, our guy Brandon Warren, Twins blogger, said, it sounds like Luis Castillo, former Twins second baseman, was also involved if you click on the link to the story. Hmm. Hmm. Organized crime. Oh, I wonder. Uh, well, you know, the guys, you know what? If you didn't save your money when you played ball and uh, you developed that lifestyle based on a major league salary, you might have to take some shot. You know, chances are try to keep your income coming in. So uh, I remember him. He had a pretty good arm. He had a live arm. So, and if yeah, you're if you're telling right. you couldn't get David Ortiz out during your career, I guess that's how you pull it off. You get into organized crime. <laughs> 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 Did David Hill went off him? Or was it, uh, I don't know. Off him? I can't remember. I'll try and I find can't it. Remember. By the way, uh, today uh, on the uh, baseball podcast, uh, both Buster, uh, we had talked about Buster about this, and then we talked about uh, talked uh, with Manny about it too about this uh, this shuffle of uh, bullpenners, which is blown up in everybody's face. Yep. And the idea that Zach Littell comes up, he's actually getting people out, he's found a role, 
and you got to send him back because he pitched two innings in the last week. I mean, uh, I, this this idea that a guy, if he pitches two and a third innings, he's got to get sent back to the minors drives me nuts. Go to him and say, hey, are you available tomorrow? Yes, I'm available tomorrow. Let's go here. They These teams are killing themselves by shuffling these guys in like the Cole Stewart's in the world who don't belong here. That's a good tease for uh, what's coming up on Royce Young Baseball here, which you can find right after we are done and on the Twin Show podcast feed. So, all right, Pat, uh, we'll we'll definitely we're assuming that you're going to want to do these these appearances live at the fair every day. So we'll just save a seat for you. <laughs> Can't wait to Thursday. see you, Pat. Yeah, I'm uh, upstate Minnesota here for a couple of days, but uh, you know maybe there's a county fair down here. I can go and look at a fair <laughs> <laughs> right, See you, Pat. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get him out to the state fair. All right. He was never. I don't think he's ever been more excited for anything than his last day at the fair in 2018. <laughs> I think you're never absolutely going about back that. ever again. You know what I'm going to do? My next career, I'm going to be a baseball consultant. Uh huh. This winter, I'm going to go around to every team and say, "I've got an idea. Pay me, pay me five hundred thousand dollars, and I'll tell you." And when they all pay me, I'm going to say, "Starters go deeper." It's my new strategy. The new baseball, the you new think baseball. Just fix, cut the check for half a million. Starters before go you deeper. Tell them what the idea? Think is? about that though. I found a new thing. This bullpen thing. That guy, he was a fool. You all got fooled by that. He was an idiot. Starters go deeper. I think it depends on what you have. I, it, I think that if you have a bad starting rotation, well, yeah, if you're mediocre team. starting rotation and a really good bullpen, you can you can supplement. And if and if it's okay. vice versa, Rami, I'm a consultant. You go with your I'm strengths. Not lo- I'm not looking for you to bring intelligent. You're not talk. looking for nuance. In no, this conversation. no. Consultants <laughs> consultants do what consultants do, which is make declarative <laughs> statements and then make a lot of money off and of that. And leave. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Royals. I'll see you later. Hey, I need 30 seconds of takes from Rami and Jonathan on the news that I know what you're about Spider-Man to is you, out of MCU. Like what is this? Spider-Man's out. Damn, what are we doing? Like Spider-Man is, is Sony out. just getting in their own way, just not accepting that Marvel I makes say, the movies I, and just gives them a ton of cash. Jonathan, nothing. I say... What you do? Well, Spider-Man was the property of Sony Entertainment, right? Okay. And they entered a partnership with Disney... To allow him to enter the Marvel universe, like the Avengers, oh. Iron Man, Thor, oh, okay. that whole universe where of movies, pays for everything, and they just cut a check for and, Sony. And now the two sides, the negotiations broke down between the two sides to keep him in the Marvel universe. So now he goes back to Sony. So he's been traded back. I don't even know what they do now. I just went and saw Spider Man Far From Home this past weekend. What do they do in the storyline? Did you catch all that? <laughs> Wow, it sounds like he's on waivers and he's going to be the third string quarterback, but he's not that good. I say, Zim hates him. I say we boycott any Sony made Spider movie. Zim, Spider Man stinks. Boycott Spidey. Hashtag boycott Spidey. I basically look like a moron. Here's Dari Noka. I don't know how he's going to turn out. Nobody does. But Jimmy Garoppolo has a massive target on his back, one put there by the organization that drafted him. And